so podcasting remotely can be challenging. And getting started can be daunting, but it doesn't have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process quick and painless, the way it should be. And we've been using Zencaster basically from the beginning of this podcast. And if you know us, you know we're obsessed with quality, and Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. Not to mention it's easy to use, which is a huge bonus for our guests. There's nothing to download, nothing complicated. They just click on the link and we all start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy, and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production tools, you don't have to leave your browser to get the episode done. And we want you to have the same easy experience that we do for all of your podcasting and content needs. So if you go to zen.ai slash glee on the rocks and enter the promo code glee on the rocks, you'll get 30% off of your first three months using Zencaster. That's Z-E-N dot A-I slash glee on the rocks. And it's time for you to share your story. You're listening to Glee on the Rocks. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Glee on the Rocks. I'm B, And I'm Mandy. And we are going to talk about Season 4, Episode 9, Swan Song. And we are without Emily today. She's having a nice, relaxing time somewhere uh, that doesn't involve... Does Daryl yes. right now? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's. I didn't think about it until just a second, but Swan Song is like your last song, isn't it? Like a death it, knell thing, and that does not is. apply here. No, I mean, like I, I guess they were kind of going for that with the whole. Oh no, like new directions. Club is mm. over. Yeah, okay. but yeah, it doesn't really fit. Well, I see. Okay, so we're coming off of the cliffhanger at the end of the last episode, and we're seeing the fallout of all of that. Um, so thanks to our friends at the Glee Wiki, I'll read their quick, um, very short recap. Um, after Marley's onstage faint at sectionals, the New Directions learn of their loss at the competition. Back at Niata, Kurt and Rachel are both extremely nervous. Rachel about the winter showcase and whether she will be chosen, and Kurt for re-auditioning for the school. The New Directions begin to split apart as their competition season is over, but Finn and Marley attempt to bring the spark back. The episode was directed by Brad Falchuk and written by new co-executive producer Stacy Traub. Traub, um, which I've never heard that name in my life. So I have not either. I was just thinking it's it's pretty rare that a Glee writer's name isn't one I recognize. Right, and she became a co-executive producer and um, was never heard from again. <laughs> I guess we'll see if she comes back up a different time. Hmm. I think. My overall impression of the episode is just like, I feel like it could have been a little more for being like coming off the cliffhanger. Yeah. I mean, basically Blaine shows up with this juice box and then the cliffhanger is like resolved. <laughs> right. It's, it doesn't get the attention and maybe there's a whole other episode about it that is still to come. And I just don't remember it because at this point I don't remember it. Um, <laughs> I don't remember much of this season except for key <clears throat> curtain blaine scenes. Uh, I mean, same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking but right yeah. now because I'm like, is there? Uh, I really don't. <laughs> There's probably not. But yeah, I, I really thought there would be more about Marley, about like the warblers. Yes, um, the warblers. We a, yeah, we get a little bit of like exposition there between... Um, because Kurt has just gotten a call from Blaine, catching him up on things. And and, and that's really it. It's like you get this. Yeah. You're so right. Marley Marley's like woozy. They get her the juice. They get her mom. And <laughs> fucking shoes like, yeah. get back out on the stage. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? They're high schoolers. Yeah. Okay. Nobody's going to. Ex- this is not real life. Just absolutely no way. Um, but yeah. And then that's basically the. I think the tone of the episode just doesn't feel like the payoff from the cliffhanger because very yeah. soon they're like, okay, we lost. And yes, Kurt is like, oh, Blaine just told me they lost. And Rachel basically says, 
okay, well, I'm not going to think about that. (laughs) She basically tells the audience, like, that's not what this episode is about. (laughs) That's their problem. That that really is what she what she does. And it completely (laughs) kills the urgency of a cliff. Like this didn't need to be a cliffhanger. It's just like they ran out of time writing the last episode, but they already (laughs) knew what they wanted for this one. It didn't really work, but whatever. It's Glee, so I guess it works. I know. I just always feel like the writers are not talking to each other. Like, I feel like Stacy was like, I want to do this plot. Yeah. And they want to do that plot. And then we had to bridge it somehow, and the tone just shifted terribly. Um, because um, that's kind of our whole plot for McKinley is, okay, they lost, so now what? And almost immediately all of the glee club members are like that's fine i'll do something else yeah that's incredibly weird like is that how all extracurriculars work there i mean they lose once (laughs) and then they just get a new extracurricular like Like, the, the fact that the glee club would be completely disbanded is ridiculous for so many reasons but it's the biggest one to me is like, okay, I thought we fixed that in season one. I thought the yeah. whole thing about like Glee Club almost getting canceled was fixed after the whole like season finale of season one, um, where, you know, even though they lost regionals, they still got to stay a club. So why? Yeah, I mean, it literally was a plot before. Um, <laughs> maybe Stacy didn't watch season one. Maybe or- not. Oh, because there's another thing, too. I was looking at the Glee Wiki, like, extra stuff. And in the episode Home, which is season one, right, April Rhodes buys them the auditorium so that they can use it any time. But then in this episode, Sue, you know, does that thing where she divides all the time slots into, like, 15-minute increments or something. Oh, my God. I forgot about that completely. Me, too. (laughs) And when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, that is right. Like, they're supposed to have... they're supposed to be the they're supposed to be the ones who decide who gets to use the yeah, auditorium. Yeah, really. The it's supposed is- to literally be their auditorium. Yeah. And I know nothing happened to refute that because the Glee Wiki would know. They know all. Um so <laughs> <laughs> I believe that, yes. Yeah. Um and they they take their their choir room for extra cheerio practice space and just all these very nonsensical things. Like I've never known a, a high school that didn't have a choir. I feel like choir is a very standard yeah. extracurricular. I mean, even my school had a choir. We didn't have a glee club, but we right. had a choir. <laughs> exactly. Like some kind of chorus yeah. class is always a thing, um, I think. I would be interested to hear about a school that didn't have one. Maybe if it was like a little tiny school, but yeah. I also liked Shu asking if they could use the Spanish classroom. Doesn't he ironically <laughs> not teach Spanish anymore? He's he and Ricky Martin are very close friends. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna ask Ricky if they could use the Spanish room. I mean, that makes more sense because I was just picturing Shu just hangs out in the Spanish room all day long. <laughs> they didn't actually give him anything else to teach. That was a bust. So he just hangs out. It seems like Stacy didn't watch season three when yeah. it was established he's no longer the Spanish teacher. Oh, oh God. Um, I thought it was very interesting what clubs the different members join. Yeah. Where did I write that down? This is this is where we get Blaine as a Cheerio. Yes, which he he becomes one and then I think is no longer one by the end of this episode because he's not wearing the uniform at the end. But then he's definitely one later. So maybe they just were like, no, we're gonna keep him as one. <laughs> um but at the end, like uh Kitty and Brittany still have on the Cheerios uniform, but Tina and Blaine don't anymore. So I was like, hmm. Yeah. I couldn't watch I the next episode though, so I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember if they're still. I feel like that was more than one episode thing, but that also might just be that I'm remembering that there were a million and a half fix about it. Yes. So maybe it just felt more significant in my head. I know, because I think my biggest thing was like, oh my gosh, Blaine never got to see Cheerio Kurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now he himself is a Cheerio. Fascinating. Um, yeah, we have Artie is in the band, right? Yes. And a Which, drum major is actually really hard to be. Um, so, writers of Glee. And all, wait, wait. 
because Finn is like, I don't even know what club you joined. It looks like a peacock on your head. I'm like, this man played football for four years and he doesn't know what the marching band uniform looks like. He was just twiddling his thumbs, staring up at the sky the entire time the marching band would be playing, apparently. Clearly. No, no, that was funny. Um, Blaine and Tina on the Cheerios. What else do we got? Oh, Unique uh, joins the floor hockey. Floor hockey. So that she can wear a wig under the mask. (laughs) Which, (laughs) that made me laugh. That was funny. That was, that was, I'm not going to say clever because it's not going quite that far, but it was at least a stupid glee joke that made me laugh. Yes, I loved the touch of like her not being able to stand up even on the skates. <laughs> yeah. They let her on the team. Um, <laughs> and then the worst one, <laughs> Joe, joins the Interfaith Paintball oh, yeah. League. What does he say? <laughs> Where Christians, Jews, and Muslims can shoot at each other in peace or oh. something terrible. <laughs> no. It's so bad. It's so bad. And there's even like the cutaway scene where they show them doing it. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. That gets funding, and yet the Glee Club yeah. is Audi. <laughs> Those places all have designated spaces to practice or rehearse, but the one that the group that literally won their national competition the year before yeah. doesn't. You can't tell me that paintball league has a some version of nationals, <laughs> and they made it there. That gear looked expensive. Those guns cannot be cheap. We also somewhere in this early segment got the the little um, montage of what they would be doing without Glee. Oh yes, <laughs> which is, has the infamous Blaine performing on the bathhouse circuit line. Which the older I get, the more I'm like, he was 17 fucking years I old. There, you <laughs> get away with that. <laughs> Talk about a line that launched a thousand fix, though. Like. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that was a whole era. It was. I didn't write down the other ones. I only wrote down the bathhouse one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't. I do remember that Brittany was like doing great in school because oh, it yeah, turns out Lee was holding her back. Holding her back. Yes. That one was good. <sighs> but the the best part of that whole plot, I think, was Brad. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that entire line down. It's like that's. That's a fantastic one. That was also the first time Brad ever speaks. Yes, I saw that in the trivia. I was like, yeah. oh my God, he's just always been there in the background on the piano. But yeah, he said. I can't tell you how much I hate those kids. Do you know how demeaning it is when they just turn to you and yell, hit it? And you're just supposed to know what song they're going to sing? And I love, he's like, I'm free. Yes. <laughs> free Brad, man. Free fucking he's Brad. So <laughs> but yeah so we have we have the whole a plot with the glee club thing do we want to detour into sam and britney or Kurt yeah. and Rachel? i was about to say let's go sam and britney before we go yeah. to new york because i felt sam and britney was very out of left field personally did i miss it something was, it was more out of left field than i remembered it being because i remembered that they were together right but I don't know, like, there, uh, there was some kind of little flirtation in the last episode, mm. I think it was the last one, and then suddenly it's just like, bam. Yeah, We do like, get a little bit of acknowledgement of Santana, and then the, what, uh, lesbian bloggers line? Yes, which I had forgotten about until I heard it, and then I immediately was filled with rage all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Murphy hates the fandom was always a through line especially in season four it really was like you could just you could sense the like vitriol behind that one hostility like it was like it was the lesbian blogger community like it was so explicitly talking about tumblr britannia fans on tumblr yes um and i know i know that britannia fans were passionate but i also like I did. I don't. I didn't entirely go there, but I don't remember anyone being really upset at the idea of Britney being bisexual. Yeah. Like I remember, people wanted Britney and Santana to end up together, but right. I don't know. I feel like Ryan Murphy just 
felt the volume of the message, but didn't really understand what the words were. Yes. Because this is like Ryan Murphy completely on purpose, missing the point, of course, as well, because it's like, um, the point wasn't that Brit can never date men ever now because she dated one woman. The point was that the, the representation of having this, um, sapphic couple that you, you know, went from being a joke to being very serious and an emotional journey to get there was just, it was important. And the fact that you threw it away for what, um, I mean, not throw it away, but you know, you broke them up with everybody else. It was like, okay, now you went from having sapphic representation to having none and just putting Brittany, to me, maybe it made more sense at the time, but it kind of felt like what Glee does, which is just like, oh, we got to couple everybody up. Nobody can stay single. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, she hasn't dated Sam and they did do that. Um, duet in the election episode that's the only thing I remember about yeah. that but it wasn't romantic or anything but you know I don't know I guess they look fine together they're fine together that, that's that's pretty much how I feel about them it's like it's fine I mean yeah. maybe it is just because of how like poignant the development between Brittany and Santana was that I'm just yeah. like oh this follows it up well okay yeah. and that- I mean that's always how the hetero couples are, isn't it? It's just like, yeah. oh, we're just together now. Yeah. And we're going to make out in the back of scenes and always be handsy and stuff. Whereas yeah. the queer couples have to go through these like horrible, arduous tri- trials and tribulations and then get broken up for no reason, really. Pretty much. They have twice the fight to get together. They usually get to be together less time and then they get the same like half-assed breakup treatment yes. and when with they... inconsistent writing afterwards. Yes. Because yeah. like my, my clean heart loves how Kurt and Blaine were just talking to each other. Yeah. Um, in this episode, well, it was implied mm-hmm. that they were talking together. No, it was nice to see them build a friendship. And I think that's what I like about this back half of season four with them is they're really like almost starting over. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much what was going through my head. And I I do like that. I don't always like it. Like sometimes I think maybe they should be able to reconnect on a different level. Mm -hmm. Like. Instead of start over, like, build forward. And in in the latter half of season four, I do think that they do that better. But in, like, seasons five and six, there's a little bit of, like... Right. You know. No, you're not wrong. Wash, rinse, repeat. Well, a major weakness of Glee is always going to be they can't write a couple unless they're breaking up, like, in conflict. They can't write good... They're very... They struggle, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say, with writing good conflict that's not a breakup. So, like, I think that's ultimately my thing with Brittany and Sam I'm like for what like what are these two people going to go through that's going to even matter or be significant like literally nothing obvious mid game for both of them yeah I can't even remember when they break up I literally like I remembered that they were together for a while but I don't even have a concept of how long same it can't be longer than this season I swear yeah maybe (laughs) but uh but we do get them singing Time is right, your perfume fills my head The stars get red and all the night's so blue And then I go and spoil it all By saying something stupid like I love you I love you That's a cute song. They're cute together. Like, I mean, singing together. It's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. I do think it was a little on the nose since they're both they've both been characterized as like the dumb character. Yeah. I was like, and you're gonna have them sing a song called Something Stupid. I just that setting, is too on the nose. yeah. You're like setting up the relationship to be kind of a joke. I just want Brett to be who she is. Like, that's yeah. fine. If she wants to date Sam, fine. I just I hated when Glee put couples together just because they didn't know what else to do with them. Because they were the currently single characters on the show. Yeah. 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 But that happens. And we will yeah. see more of Bram uh, later. Oh, that's their name. I know. Oh, no. 
One thing I want to mention before we move to Niata is that apparently there was a cut scene where Marley and Kitty talk and Kitty actually feels guilty for what happened with like Marley passing out his sectionals, which was 100% her fault. And that it actually feels like a real beginning of a friendship, but they I cut think that. I would have I liked to have seen that. Me too. I feel mm-hmm. like Kitty at this point could use some redemption mm-hmm. because she's really just done nothing but super shitty things. Yes. Also, something I, and this isn't even about this episode, but I just kept watching um, this episode thinking about the last one mm-hmm. and how like if. If Kitty looked like Mercedes mm. and did the things to Marley she's doing, mm-hmm. you know the fan reaction would be different. But mm. tiny, blonde-haired, blue-eyed cheerleader girl does it. And it's just like, it's okay to play that cruelty for laughs. Right. No, I think you're 100% correct. And everything else about her character is so, like perky perfect like she's very religious and she's very like rigid um she's very prude like she's just the stereotype of like the virgin i guess yeah but also she's driving another person to do these horrible things and is very not remorseful about it at least no and yeah like the show doesn't really frame her as I was trying to think of some like um, Jesse St. James mm-hmm. doing bad things, but you were also supposed to view Jesse St. James as the person doing bad things. Like Kitty right. is like the bitchy girl, but you're also supposed to genuinely buy into it when she gets into a relationship that I think is coming up this season. Yeah. Wait, who know. are you I'm, thinking of with? Uh, Artie. Oh, um, she's with Puck for a little while in this season. Older oh, Puck. God. Yeah. Okay. I, on my hyper binge of season four, that happened. <laughs> okay. Does that even work? She's supposed to be like, at most, I mean, I thought they were supposed to be freshmen, oh, but like, I guess no, maybe like sophomore. 15, 16? 15, and he's at least like 19 at that this point. And he looks 45. <laughs> So, yes, and he looks 45. Really fucked up. I yeah. thought that toward the end when there was a scene, um, we're not really there yet, but it's uh, Corey and Melissa sitting beside each other. And I was yes. sitting there like, I know Melissa's not actually a 16-year-old, right? but he looks like her father. <laughs> no. <laughs> Finn, when they put Finn in the sweater vest, he yeah. becomes an adult. Like it's He does. Freaky. There is nothing teenager about that man. <laughs> that man like has an accountant that pays his taxes <laughs> he probably has lower back pain like Ben is just not a teenager at this point and they're still trying I know not at all um that's so funny <laughs> um I do I do like that scene a lot um like just Marley and Finn. I think that's the yes. only real closure we get about yeah. the sectionals thing is Marley saying like, I was naive and insecure and self-centered. And now Glee Club's over. Which I feel was not entirely necessary. I don't think Marley needed to take responsibility for them losing the yeah. competition i really needed to see kitty take responsibility yes. for them losing the competition so I'm absolutely yeah. yeah but i do think it did give some sort of closure in that it was like okay it was said and now we can move on from it maybe um mm-hmm. not that it's I a mean, i don't think it's a good or healthy way to look at yeah. it but i do think that it was like so much of the first part of the episode was people talking around Marley and Marley not really saying much. So, yeah, it it was nice to get the scene of them together. It's also yeah. just nice to see Marley. I don't know. I'm yeah. when I watched it the first time around, I liked Kitty a lot and mm-hmm. I didn't like Marley. And this time I'm just fully reversed. Yeah. I just want to protect that child from the mean girl. <laughs> I know. And I, I think her. That was really the spirit of Glee that I think a lot of the other members lost sight of for a little bit. It's just like, we're supposed to just be 
together, like just making, and I miss that even now as an adult, like that is a kind of a magic of things like choir, things like theater. You're just working together with people who you may not have anything in common with, but you can like create something really cool with all of you together. So, yeah. And I feel like we have to talk about Finn's conversation with Rachel to kind of flesh that out completely. They, Um, they definitely had a moment. Um, mm -hmm. Which Finchel didn't get very much, at least in the first half of the season. Right. He was gone for so long and then yeah. came back just for the breakup. And yeah. You can tell that the Glee writers were really trying to long game this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they were pretty determined to keep all three of those couples broken up at least for yeah. this entire season. It definitely felt like. And then, yeah, Finchel even longer. Yeah. Yeah. And at the beginning of the episode, Rachel doesn't want to talk to Finn. Like when Kurt comes in and he's like, Blaine, just talk to me. They lost. Like maybe you should call Finn, Mm -hmm. especially since Finn was like in charge for sectionals since she had been gone. And Rachel is straight up like, what does she say? She's like, I don't want to remind him of an even bigger loss. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, ego. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're not all that, but okay. (laughs) Um, but, and then Kurt also says in that conversation, he's been reading the Niata blogs, which I love the idea of Kurt up late <laughs> trolling the Niata blogs. And that Carmen Thibodeau's winter showcase uh, invitations are about to go out to select Niata students to perform at this special showcase in the cool, like, cave looking performance space. Um, and Rachel's very confident she's going to get one, even though freshmen rarely do. And then she does. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Everything. <laughs> and what's the lesson we learn that if I there's know. something Rachel Berry wants, <laughs> she's just going to give it to her. <laughs> exactly. And then I had forgotten they said in the beginning that the showcase is a competition. So then it's like, yeah. it's like you already win just by getting chosen. So there's got to be hundreds of kids at this school, at the very least, and they only choose a handful and then also, also just why does it need to be a competition? You could just have a concert show. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Um, and then Kurt is also working on his reapplication for Niata for the spring semester. What did you think about that? I mean, I wanted him to say Vogue, but <laughs> I mean, same. But I think he says at some point that he can stay at Vogue and do yeah. Niata, which sounds like too much to me. But I think the show is like we want. Kurt to do all the things and be everything and be by Rachel because they needed some way to tie Rachel in the conversation with Finn where it's supposed to be like Rachel is giving him like the advice and reminding him what Glee really is just made me realize how far away from the McKinley storylines Rachel is yikes yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like it just didn't I don't know the the scene he had with Marley felt so much more organically part of Glee, right? Club wise, not show wise, right? No, very true. And I was not a huge fan of how it was like his talk with Rachel that kind of led him to trying one more time to kind of rekindle yeah. the Glee club. I was like, really? I mean, I guess that goes into like you said, setting up the long game. Of like, oh, he's he's never he he's at his best when he's with Rachel, and I think they're trying they try to show the opposite too. Like she's at her best when you know she's got his support. I mean, not in this episode because she and Brody literally yeah. make out before she goes and sings. Really wins, so yikes! But um, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so Rachel gets her invitation. She got into the winter showcase. Not a lot of lead up to that. That was really glee, just being like, of course, Rachel will get that. She's yeah, so special. But I thought was really funny is, okay, then she has dance class, naturally, with Cassie July, naturally, who's going to cut her down to size about her getting this invitation, naturally. And Rachel's like, I've gotten better, I promise you. So Cassie challenges her to a dance-off to all that jazz. Well, a singing dance-off. Come on, babe, why don't we paint the Jazz. I'm gonna lose my knees and roll my stockings down and all that jazz. Start the car. 
which the song itself is a classic, um, sexy, um, fun. What I don't understand is why the show ever pretended for one second that Rachel was going to dance at the Winter Showcase. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Like, that I'm is supposed to believe that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, no fucking way. It would be more realistic for Mike to show up yes. <laughs> and just dance beside her. <laughs> I would have believed that more readily. Yes, yes. I was like wait <laughs> the whole point of that face-off was cassie proving that rachel's not a good enough dancer obviously and, and she yeah and she yeah. doesn't even dance really in the she dance, doesn't dance. <laughs> no. this is like a recurring thing in this dance class that rachel doesn't actually dance in these big like showdown moments yeah. and i'm like you have to do something i do appreciate the there. slight like homoerotic tension between yes. her and cassie july yes. but beyond that it's just a Rachel number. Yeah, I think that that number launched a thousand fix too because yes. <laughs> it was very sexy. And oh, like, it was. Yeah. Um, in a rivalry, you know, way. It was like, ooh, enemies to lovers? <laughs> I can see it. Again, um, creepy if you think about the ages they're supposed to be. But yeah. at least Rachel being 19 is on the yeah. legal side of that. So Exactly. <laughs> and at least she's in college. She's not literally in yeah. high school. <laughs> Oh, and so Rachel decides to sing for the winter showcase. Duh. <laughs> that was a plot point, but you know, that's yeah. what we got out of that. And another Cassie July number. Um, Kurt, meanwhile, goes to Carmen Thibodeau's office, which I can't believe he did that. That's so freaking ballsy. Very ballsy. That's a Kurt Hummel would, I mean, a Bert Hummel would have been proud of you moment. That's true. I just I just like to imagine Bert hyping Kurt up before that, being yeah. like, so what if she says no? Yeah. You're like, son, you got to fight for what you want. You got to go yes. show her you're dedicated. Yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. oh. That's what I needed in this episode was a Bert yeah. moment. That would have um, been nice. Even a phone call. Come on, Glee. Yes. I, and, and like the Blaine phone call happens like off screen. He could have just told yeah. us that he talked to Bert. That would have been fine. Um, but apparently in his reapplication, Kurt submitted a video of him singing an acoustic version of Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, <laughs> which I literally cannot imagine uh, what that sounds like. I can't either, and I don't think I need to, so I'm kind of <laughs> glad that wasn't a uh, actual rendition. I, I know. I'm like... if. <laughs> For, for any time for them to mention a song and not actually play it, thank God. Because yeah. um, also extra knife in the wound that later, like Sam and Blaine sing that. But anyways. Yeah. But though we don't well, hear it, Carmen tells us it's devoid of complexity and depth. And that you gave me surface when I was looking for soul. So she's like, you're still all flash and no substance. Hmm. So he gives her some subs. Well, I guess first we should explain how he gets to. I know. I, I yeah. She's that. like, I give second chances on my terms. Good day, Mister Hummel. <laughs> she's so dismissive. Yeah. Um, and Kurt is of course bummed because he's like, what the fuck? Um, but comes to the winter showcase where, like I said, Rachel makes out with Brody and then sings. What are her two songs? Rachel does um, being good isn't good enough. And oh, then they call right. for an encore, which I'd forgotten. Yeah. Like they can just do that. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> the audience, it's what like encore. It? It's What's oh, the other holy song? night. Yeah. I guess okay. this episode was in December. The next one is Christmas. That makes sense, I guess. Oh, yeah. I think I read that she sang Oh, Holy Night on like the first Glee Christmas album and it wasn't in the show and then they recycled it now. I don't know if that's real. I didn't find that anywhere, but that's what I had heard. I don't know. That so seems like, Glee. Yeah. So like, that's why it's not in the Christmas yeah. episode because they had already released it. So they mm -hmm. put it in a different episode. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't love either of her songs that much, no. but maybe that also may just be because like I knew what was coming. Yeah. And I was very excited for it. Well, I looked up the origins of Being Good Isn't Good Enough. I've never heard the song before uh, out of the context of the show. It's from a show called Hallelujah Baby, and she sings the Barbara Streisand version. So I'm like, oh, Barbara song. But I look mm -hmm. it up, and the, the show Hallelujah Baby is like 
with an all African-American cast telling a uniquely African-American story that I did not write down. Um, and then Barbara Streisand apparently sings the song and now Rachel's singing it. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> it's just okay. kind of a bummer moment. I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. This little known musical, or at least to me, because um, I don't know, I don't know shit about musicals outside of my small town I grew up in. I hadn't yeah. heard that song. Yeah, um, but it's like the Act One closer of Hallelujah, Baby. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I do think she does a good job. She she's so emotive sometimes when she's singing. I think that was a really good song. To um, and she didn't overdo it, which I think showed some maturity. Like used to, yeah. she didn't like have the tear come down unless I'm remembering wrong. A single tear. <laughs> yeah. Where her like <laughs> eyes are just like bloodshot and she has the single tear and she's making the face, the crying face. Yeah. Like I felt like it was emotional, but restrained, which I do think shows some growth in Rachel. So I, um, it was one of the more enjoyable Rachel solos. I still fast forwarded, <laughs> but like I listened to it just on like 1.5 X speed. Yeah. Um, Cause I was <laughs> yeah. like just trying to rewatch quickly. Um, but I enjoyed the, um, I enjoyed it more than other Rachel solos. That's for sure. I do think that was one of her stronger ones. And then fucking Carmen is just like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, all right, sing your, she lets her sing the encore. And then she gets up and she's like, and uh, now it's intermission. And when we come back, Mr. Hummel's going to sing for us. <laughs> Apropos of absolutely nothing. I would have shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely uh. shit my pants. She just sees him in the audience and is like, hmm, why don't you get the fuck up here? No rehearsal, no warning. Oh, buddy. But Kurt is nothing if not a freaking professional. Yes. And I, he pulled it together. Like, yeah. if her logic was the only way I'm going to get depth mm. from him is if I don't give him time to prepare, I kind of get it. But also, like, Glee could have pointed that out or maybe Carmen Thibodeau doesn't have to justify herself <laughs> that's right she's like I give second chances on my terms yeah um but I did appreciate the callback to like um the end of season three and what happened like in Chogan after where he was like oh, what about my props my costumes you know um and and um I appreciated that he chose the song too like he kind of talks yeah. through some different options and lands on being alive um, and Rachel's like, yes, that's the one. Um, I guess, you know, word to the wise, have like a song. <laughs> it's yeah. like having a karaoke go to, but like. I have one in your back pocket. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, and Kurt sings Being Alive, which is one of my favorite solos from the show. Yes. Period. Yeah. But probably my favorite Kurt solo. Oh. Yeah. I like, I liked the. Bernadette Peters version a lot before just like here, here's a throwback I had it on my iPod oh my gosh <laughs> in, like, in like 2007 wow. um, I had a Broadway playlist and Bernadette Peters doing being alive was one of my favorites so yes extra layer of enjoyment for Kurt doing it yes the fact that you not only like it for itself but you like it as a redo yeah. of a song you really love is very high praised in the glee world yeah yes um wow and i love that he sings it in a lower registry than they probably would have liked him to sing it in god i remember us all just yeah. losing our shit when yes. the the version dropped since we always got the songs before the episode started mm. yeah Yes. I know. I would always try so hard to like avoid the spoilers. <laughs> I, yeah. I think at the time I just like inhaled them, which yeah. is funny because I, I avoid spoilers now. But back then I almost just, it was glee. I wanted to know what was going to hurt me. Right. No, that makes sense. <laughs> it was like self-protection. But on the other hand, like sometimes it didn't even work because there were some Curtin Blaine songs that we still had absolutely no context for. And they weren't remotely what we thought. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I got burned by listening to a song and then the context being so fucking wild yeah. and so different than what I had made up in my head. And then I was pissed because I, I was I like, I had that, this yeah. really elaborate, beautiful meaning and it was like a throwaway. <laughs> Do you remember a specific song for it? Um, 
I okay, so this wasn't me making up it, it was fandom making up. It was when Rachel got to sing I Won't Give Up because we heard that someone was gonna sing I Won't Give Up. And then we found out it was Rachel and we were like, fuck, really wanted it to be like a Kurt and Blaine song because that was like end of season three when Kurt was gonna go to college and stuff. And we were like, Oh, that would have been perfect for them to sing. And they're like, Well, I guess Rachel sings it to Finn or whatever. She sings it to herself. Yeah. In the halls of McKinley. She's Aww. singing to herself that she won't give up on herself. And then I was just like, I'm pissed. <laughs> so, yeah. We made such a big deal over that song and who was going oh, to sing it. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. For me, it's Kurt uh, and Blaine doing the story of my life. Oh. Um, because we had a lot of theories about what that was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, it, it had zero meaning. <laughs> What for them. the meaning? I don't remember that. Um, oh God, I don't. I'm about to find out. <laughs> was it, it, were they singing it for the, um, for June? I think they were. Or Shirley McLean. I think her name was June. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I think it was literally just a performance for her. Right. That didn't have any emotional significance to anyone. It was just the song they picked out and they were singing to her. Oh, season five is bananas. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm looking at the stills of the performance. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the mood. And that's so disappointing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we get we get Kurt doing his um being alive and it's amazing freaking triumph so good yes and then um all that's really left in their storyline for the episode is the end scene where kurt gets his letter i think yes and he's like i got in his little voice oh. yes <laughs> so sweet oh, that made me smile Kurt winning is always so sweet because he loses yes. so often and i'm like he won yes I deserve it. Yes. I think the show should have pulled like a camp rock where the protagonist doesn't actually win the competition. Like Kurt should have won the winter showcase. I think that would have been. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Uh, Now I wish that had happened. I know. He's like not even an IATA student. Yeah. (laughs) Just walks in off the fucking street and wins. And I think that would have been a way better ending, but whatever. It would have been. Or Rachel losing to that ballet chick. I think that would have yeah. been way better. But of course, yeah. she fucking wins. Um, but yeah, and then um, then we have the the final number of the episode, which is uh, Marley is found somewhere for the Glee Club to practice, and it's outside. <laughs> it's the courtyard, I guess. It's the it's, courtyard, it's yeah. The courtyard, right? I don't know why they made it like it was a big mystery. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did like that Finn like writes a breakfast club style letter and they play yes. don't you forget about me and he writes a letter to the glee club like telling them to come practice um i really liked that I, I, that scene what do they sing um don't dream it's over yeah don't dream it's over perfect song choice for that yes. moment and they all come in i have like goosebumps talking about it wow i'm so lame <laughs> but the, they all come in slowly and sing their little lines and they all sing together and it's like okay glee's gonna be okay it's not over. But I'm a sucker for a group number. You know me. <laughs> yeah. And this is also, um, as we got close to the end, I was like, wow, has Blaine not sung? And then he proceeded to sing most of this song. <laughs> yeah. As, like, there would be, like, the camera was on fully other people. And I'd be like, that's that's Blaine vocal there. Yeah. <laughs> that's this this is, oh, this is a, You can't fool me. You're showing me other faces, but this is a Blaine song. <laughs> that's right. They're just singing in the background. Ooze and Oz, yeah. that's it. <laughs> but yeah, a great, I think it gave them, um, like I said, the whole beginning and middle of the episode, I feel like did not, was not worthy of the cliffhanger. And I yeah. don't know if the end of the episode was either, but I at least felt some sort of like resolution and hope. It was wholesome. Yeah. I liked that it was just... A nice, wholesome yeah. group number. It was. Okay. The dog clearly likes it, too. <laughs> Agreement. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much it in Swan's Song. Yeah, that's that's really all that happened in the episode. I mean, and I, I mean, I guess we did just talk for 45 minutes about it, but I'm in terms of like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in terms of dramatic Glee episodes, like, yeah, not a lot happened. Like, Glee mm-hmm. Club 
can't find a place to perform, Gleeka finds a place to perform. Right. That's it. Right. <laughs> and also, you know, yeah. Sam and Brittany get together. Random. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, overall, not not the most standout episode and yet some important things happened i don't know a little bit of a filler we're kind of bridging the gap so we go from okay glue club's over now maybe it's not over we go from you know kurt's trying to get into niata doesn't know what's next and you know kurt's into niata rachel's feeling good about her future in niata we're looking forward to bright bright futures at the end of this episode so yeah i mean rachel's entire plot is no one has given me an award oh someone gave me an award (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so works you're not wrong um but that's why i'm like this is the opposite of a swan song i guess yeah it's like a red yeah. herring title where it's like will it be no of course fucking not everything's fine yeah um, or at least things are getting better so that's good and glee ended after four seasons and nine episodes <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> I mean, they were never gonna do that but yeah lived happily ever after well basically um yeah. Okay, what was your favorite song? Um, Being Alive. Somebody hold me too close. Somebody hurt me too deep. Somebody sit my chair and ruin my sleep and make me aware of being alive. Make me sure like hands down i did like the group number but being alive has a place in my heart i totally agree i mean y'all know my little kurt stan heart couldn't not like it's so good just a triumph for kurt for chris so good yes honorable mention to don't dream it's over i'm right there with you but being alive is just such a standout um did you have a favorite line yes brad's line (laughs) though Blaine with his juice box kind of like that's that's an honorable mention but Brad Brad gets it yes he deserves it let Brad speak let Brad speak or just let him leave I know let Brad be free that's what I was gonna say um I did not highlight it I highlighted some quotes but not as like a favorite one you can go ahead and do a least favorite and just give it to the lesbian bloggers yes. line. Um, I, I thought it was kind of funny that Sue called Blaine a handsome, non-flammable gay. Yeah. Because I feel like that's been Darren Chris's whole career. Uh, Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Playing. Um, yeah. Anyways, no shade, but shade. Um, yeah. The, I didn't laugh out loud at anything in this Except I for, didn't really either. I mean, it wasn't. Except for Brad. <laughs> that was the best part. Um, and he deserves that moment. You're the unsung hero, Brad, by far. Um, what was something that you liked? That thing I like. That thing you like. Kurt got into Niata. Fuck yes. Yep. Oh, also, Kurt just looked really good in the first scene of the episode. Yes. Also true. So, true. Um... That thing I liked was the Glee Club coming back together at the end. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I think there was definitely a moment in the middle there where it was very much like Glee's over and we're fine. Um, So I think it was nice to see the characters see that like, okay, the grass isn't that green on the other side. Like, you know, there is something special about these people in this place and we want to go back to it. So Mm -hmm. I liked that. I think that was a good message. So what do we have next? Our Kevin Kevin McScale. McScale. I mean, did he he, he joined s- the marching band? Yeah. I guess he has some a couple of lines and then he does sing in the group number, but mm-hmm. it's still pretty low. I think it's our point five Kevin's probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, probably the most often rating we have to give that. I know. Which just proves the point that Kevin deserved better. He did deserve better, and that's why we're here to make sure people know that he deserved better. And I think it'll get better, like, 
early season five when he moves. Yeah. To, yeah. I think there's, it gets better later, but he, right now. Yeah. He, he has some stuff to do. Later. A real McSlump right now. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, um, oh, and the pain and decks. The pain decks, yep. I mean, they had a phone, like, this is not a very painful episode. Not very painful. No. Like a three, two out of ten? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was um, hopeful. We get the phone yeah. call. Like, yeah. Yeah. Angst free. This but, is yeah. like the sweet spot between, like, oh, they're talking again, and before, oh, Kurt likes someone. Oh, Jesus. I forgot that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, next episode will be a very happy moment and then we'll yeah. right back to the pain yep okay yeah so that is pretty much it for season four episode nine swan song um somehow both a filler and an important episode at the same time yeah. but mostly filler they managed it. but everyone must watch for the kurt solo that we decree that but thanks for listening to Glee on the Rocks. Um, you can find us on all the social medias at Glee on the Rocks. Um, and if you'd like to get access to many episodes where they're not very many, they're, they're quite maxi, but episodes, bonus episodes where we talk about um, fandom, things we're into, Q&As, um, everything, um, you can join us at our Patreon um, at Glee on the Rocks. And um, support us and listen to a lot more hours of us talking about things. So um, many hours. So many hours and more all the time. Um, yes. So thanks, everyone. And that's what you missed on Blee. You've been listening to Glee on the Rocks, a podcast by OTR Productions. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana, and our podcasts who secretly run the show. For more episodes, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, and more at Glee on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini episodes, deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you miss on Glee.